Section seven of Pirates of Panama, the Buccaneers of America, by A. O. Exquamelon, translated by G. A. Williams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Acacia Wood. Chapter five, part two. Nor less considerable are the actions of another pirate who now lives at Jamaica, who on several occasions has performed very surprising things. He was born at Groningen in the United Provinces. His own name not being known, his companions gave him that of Roche Brasiliano, by reason of his long residence in Brazil. Hence he was forced to fly when the Portuguese retook those countries from the Dutch, several nations then inhabiting at Brazil as English, French, Dutch, and others, being constrained to seek new fortunes. This person fled to Jamaica, where, being at a stand how to get his living, he entered himself into the Society of Pirates, where he served as a pirate mariner for some time, and behaved himself so well that he was beloved and respected by all. One day some of the mariners quarrelled with their captain to that degree that they left the boat. Brasiliano, following them, was chosen their leader, who, having fitted out a small vessel, they made him captain. Within a few days after, he took a great ship coming from New Spain, which had a great quantity of plate on board, and carried it to Jamaica. This action got him a great reputation at home, and though in his private affairs he governed himself very well, he would oftentimes appear brutish and foolish when in drink, running up and down the streets, beating and wounding those he met, no person daring to make any resistance. To the Spaniards he was always very barbarous and cruel, out of an inveterate hatred against that nation. Of these he commanded several to be roasted alive on wooden spits, for not showing him hog-yards where he might steal swine. After many of these cruelties, as he was cruising on the coast of Campeche, a dismal tempest surprised him so violently that his ship was wrecked upon the coasts, the mariners only escaping with their muskets and some few bullets and powder, which were the only things they could save. The ship was lost between Campeche and the Golfo Triste. Here they got ashore in a canoe, and marching along the coast with all the speed they could, they directed their course towards Golfo Triste, the common refuge of the pirates. Being upon his journey, and all very hungry and thirsty, as is usual in desert places, they were pursued by a troop of a hundred Spaniards. Brasiliano, perceiving their imminent danger, encouraged his companions, telling them they were better soldiers, and ought rather to die under their arms fighting, as it became men of courage, than surrender to the Spaniards, who would take away their lives with the utmost torments. The pirates were but thirty, yet seeing their brave commander oppose the enemy with such courage, resolved to do the like. Hereupon they faced the troop of Spaniards, and discharged their muskets on them so dexterously that they killed one horseman almost with every shot. The fight continued for an hour, till at last the Spaniards were put to flight. They stripped the dead, and took from them what was most for their use. Such as were also not quite dead, they dispatched with the ends of their muskets. Having vanquished the enemy, they mounted on horses they found in the field, and continued their journey, Brasiliano having lost but two of his companions in this bloody fight, and had two wounded. Prosecuting their way, before they came to the port, they spied a boat at anchor from Campeche, well manned, protecting a few canoes that were lading wood. 
Hereupon they sent six of their men to watch them, who next morning by a while possessed themselves of the canoes. Having given notice to their companions, they boarded them, and also took the little man-of-war, their convoy. Being thus masters of this fleet, they wanted only provisions, of which they found little aboard those vessels, but this defect was supplied by the horses which they killed, and salted with salt, which by good fortune the woodcutters had brought with them, with which they supported themselves till they could get better." They took also another ship going from New Spain to Maracabo, laden with diverse sorts of merchandise and pieces of eight, designed to buy cocoa-nuts for their lading home. All these they carried to Jamaica, where they safely arrived, and according to custom, wasted all in a few days in taverns, giving themselves to all manner of debauchery. Such of these pirates will spend two or three thousand pieces of eight in a night, not leaving themselves a good shirt to wear in the morning. My own master would buy sometimes a pipe of wine, and placing it in the street would force those that passed by to drink with him, threatening also to pistol them if they would not. He would do the like with barrels of beer or ale, and very often he would throw these liquors about the streets and wet people's clothes without regarding whether he spoiled their apparel. Among themselves these pirates were very liberal. If any one has lost all, which often happens in their manner of life, they freely give of him what they have. In taverns and alehouses they have great credit, but at Jamaica they ought not to run very deep in debt, seeing the inhabitants there easily sell one another for debt. This happened to my patron, to be sold for a debt of a tavern wherein he had spent the greatest part of his money. This man had, within three months before, three thousand pieces of eight in ready cash, all which he wasted in that little time, and became as poor as I have told you. But to return to Brasiliano after having spent all, was forced to go to sea again to seek his fortune. He set forth towards the coast of Campeche, his common rendezvous. Fifteen days after his arrival, he put himself into a canoe to espy the port of that city, and see if he could rob any Spanish vessel. But his fortune was so bad that both he and all his men were taken and carried before the governor, who immediately cast them into a dungeon, intending to hang them every one, and doubtless he had done so, but for a stratagem of Basiliano, which saved their lives. He wrote a letter to the governor, in the names of other pirates that were abroad at sea, telling them he should have a care how he used those persons he had in custody, for if he hurt them in the least, they swore they would never give quarter to any Spaniard that should fall into their hands. These pirates, having been often at Campeche and other places of the West Indies in the Spanish dominions, the governor feared what mischief their companions abroad might do, if he should punish them. Hereupon he released them, exacting only an oath on them that they would leave their exercise of piracy for ever, and withal he sent them as common mariners in the galleons to Spain. They got in this voyage altogether five hundred pieces of eight, so that they tarried not long thereafter their arrival. Providing themselves with necessaries, they returned to Jamaica, from whence they set forth again to sea, committing greater robberies and cruelties than before, but especially abusing the poor Spaniards, who fell into their hands with all sorts of cruelty. The Spaniards, finding they could gain nothing on these people, nor diminish their number, daily resolved to lessen the number of their trading ships. But neither was this of any service, for the pirates, finding few ships at sea, began to gather into companies, and to land on their dominions, ruining cities, towns, and villages, pillaging, burning, and carrying away as much as they could. The first pirate who began these invasions by land was Lewis Scott, who sacked the city of Campeche, which he almost ruined, robbing and destroying all he could, and after he had put it into an excessive ransom, he left it. 
After Scott came another named Mansfeld, who invaded Granada, and penetrated even to the South Sea, till at last for want of provision he was forced to go back. He assaulted the Isle of St. Catherine, which he took, with a few prisoners. These directed him to Cartagena, a principal city in Nueva Granada. But the bold attempts and actions of John Davis, born at Jamaica, ought not to be forgotten, being some of the most remarkable, especially his rare prudence and valor showed in the forementioned kingdom of Granada this pirate having long cruised in the gulf of pacatora on the ship expected to cartagena bound for nicaragua and not meeting any of them resolved at last to land in nicaragua leaving his ship hid on the coast this design he soon executed for taking eighty men out of ninety which he had in all and the rest he left to keep the ship he divided them equally into three canoes his intent was to rob the churches and rifle the houses of the chief citizens of nicaragua thus in the dark night they entered the river leading to that city rowing in their canoes by day they hid themselves in boats under the branches of trees on the banks which grew very thick along the river sides in those countries and along the sea-coast being arrived at the city the third night the sentinel who kept the post of the river thought them to be fishermen that had been fishing in the lake and most of the pirates understanding spanish he doubted not as soon as he heard them speak they had in their company an Indian who had run away from his master, who would have enslaved him unjustly. He went first ashore, and instantly killed the sentinel. This done, they entered the city, and went directly to three or four houses of the chief citizens, where they knocked softly. These, believing them to be friends, opened the doors, and the pirates, suddenly possessing themselves of the houses, stole all the money and plate they could find. Nor did they spare the churches and most sacred things, all of which were pillaged and profaned without any respect or veneration. Meanwhile, great cries and lamentations were heard of some who had escaped them, so that the whole city was in an uproar, and all the citizens rallied in order to a defense, which the pirates perceiving, they instantly fled, carrying away their booty and some prisoners. These they led away, that if any of them should be taken by the Spaniards, they might use them for ransom. Thus they got to their ship, and with all speed put to sea, forcing the prisoners, before they let them go, to procure them as much flesh as was necessary for their voyage to Jamaica. But no sooner had they weighed anchor, when they saw a troop of about five hundred Spaniards, all well armed, at the seaside. Against these they let fly several guns, wherewith they forced them to quit the sands, and retire, with no small regret to see these pirates carry away so much plate of their churches and houses, though distant at least forty leagues from the sea. These pirates got, on this occasion, about four thousand pieces of eight in money, besides much plate and many jewels, in all, to the value of fifty thousand pieces of eight or more. With all this they arrived at Jamaica soon after. But this sort of people being never long masters of their money, they were soon constrained to seek more by the same means, and Captain John Davis, presently after his return, was chosen admiral of seven or eight vessels, he being now esteemed an able conductor for such enterprises. He began his new command by directing his fleet to the north of Cuba, there to wait for the fleet from New Spain, but missing his design they determined for Florida. Being arrived there, they landed their men and sacked a small city named St. Augustine of Florida. The castle had a garrison of two hundred men, but could not prevent the pillage of the city, they effecting it without the least damage from the soldiers or townsmen. End of chapter 5, part 2. Recording by Acacia Wood.